Hey! This is JJ and Alex. I made a name for myself, I told you I won't be denied. As you wrap up your day, it's time to get your fix of the teams you live for and the sports you love. This is JJ and Alex, presented by G2G Bars on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. All right, everybody, welcome on in. It's another edition of JJ and Alex right here, 97.5 EKSL Sports Zone. It is a Friday. You know my commitment on Fridays. You know how committed I am to the commitment that I've committed to, JJ. What did we talk about right before we showed up at this uh, at this beautiful Slorex? It's the Salt Lake Outdoor Expo right here at the Exposition Center in Sandy. What did you? What did you? What did I tell you? My commitment to today was: we have one rule on Fridays. Yeah. What on is JJ it? and Alex? And have fun. You gotta have fun. I don't listen at the expense of having it be interesting. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll sacrifice whatever it takes just to have a good time. Informative. Don't expect. We're gonna much. go for full on fun today. All right. So Except that's, for fun. Okay. Listen, the Salt Lake Outdoor Expo. I, I'm telling you, this is. This is as cool as it gets. So we're sitting. We're sitting in. Actually, are we? Are we tenants right now of the Sound Warehouse booth right here? I think so. So Which I don't mind. We won't. Except I'm kind for of they, a geek for that stuff. No, I know. But when they turn the subwoofers on, uh, okay. But, but we have headsets on, so we're okay. Yeah. So we're yeah, we're I'm actually fine with that. Yeah, I'm fine I think with that. This could be cool. You come down. Kids twelve and under are free, of course, all weekend long. And Alex, I'm looking at this thing. That. Okay. That is a, what is this? So there, there's a side by side in front of us. All right, and so you go. Okay, I've seen side by sides that are fully in fully enclosed, right? Yeah. I've seen four door side by sides. I've seen nine year olds driving this around in my neighborhood, <laughs> but not at this level. This, this is, is souped up. I am to tell you right now, that actually is bigger and nicer than a Jeep. It is. It is like the exact same size of a Jeep Wrangler that's been decked out, and I, I just. I don't know what you have to do. That's not a car, is it? I mean, they're making it look like because you could go intense off-roading in that thing. There, you can do anything in that. You could be anywhere. That is, and, and oh, and that's what we're. It gonna, might fly. Hey, that's what you'll find out at these expos, at these uh, outdoor expos, no. and things like that. One of my favorite shows we've ever done is like PrepperCon. So that's what you do is you, like if you're getting ready for the if you're getting ready for the apocalypse, that's the vehicle for Which you. Is that's coming soon. That's some Mad Max stuff right there. That dude. is Mad Max. That's exactly no what that reminds no me of. No one's shooting those tires off. And this thing, I'm looking around. It's like my goodness, these Amazing. things cost thirty, forty thousand. Oh yeah, I drive a two thousand seven mm. Honda Accord. You got to up your game, brother. It does have a V six. When the <laughs> when the outdoor expo. Is rolling out uh, off-road vehicles that are way more than your uh, actual commuter car. If you can afford one Come of these, on. salute. Good uh, for you. Have but fun. It's not. Listen, there's that. There's the dune buggies, the sand rail stuff. It's really fun if you're into the outdoor. Uh, one of the, some of the people we like to talk to at these are the recovery guys. The guys who come out and bail you out when, because you get stuck because oh, you yeah. suck, yeah. right? Uh-huh. <laughs> the one guy, that was his thing. He goes, hey, if you're stuck because you suck, help. we're going to get you unstuck because <laughs> we don't suck. That's so quite always a slogan. Like, I always love it because it's a really, it's a really cool thing. <laughs> hey, Joey, are these kids eligible for free candy? I mean, what's going on here? <laughs> can you? Can you? <laughs> Absolutely. Get some free candy for the kids while you come down. All right. We're going to have some fun today. We've already started off pretty good. Uh, I've already gone some. Fl- I've already started doing some flat Earth stuff with you earlier. We'll get into that in just a moment. <laughs> All right. I so will- we've covered Preppercon right. and flat Earth. By the end of the day, this is going to get weird today. <laughs> by it's the end of the weird. day, by the end of the day, I'm going to get you. I'm going to reel you in, man. 
to the flat earth stuff. Okay. <laughs> at least one player at the – I learned uh, today there is no solar system. No, it's not even – I've been lied to for flat earth, years. Flat earth, the next level is there are no planets, all right, <laughs> which is where one player at the combine – If look, I would say if your agent says, hey, listen, maybe let's stay away this week – from the no planets and uh, no solar system stuff. Well, and if you no have space. a broad jump of 12 feet, 2 <laughs> inches, you can say whatever you want at the combine. It's quite weird. It quite doesn't weird. matter. All right, let's kick the show off. We've got tons to do. We're going to have a ton of fun here at the Expo Center in Sandy. Mountain America Expo Center in Sandy is where we are for the Salt Lake Outdoor and Recreation Show right here. Slorex, slorex.com, S-L-O-R-E-X. If you want to get tickets, slorex.com. Let's kick off the show as we always do. Our program is brought to you by G2G Bars. All natural ingredients, no preservatives. The G2G Bar, perfect for anybody who needs a quick, tasty, and nutritious boost. Let's jump in right here. We've had some dis- we we got to get into this college football playoff discussion we didn't get to yesterday because we had a short show. So let's do it right now with the cut. It's time for the biggest story of the day. This is what made the cut with JJ and Alex on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. So we made fun of Clemson's head basketball coach this week who was boohooing about the fall of the ACC, and it's all because of those darn Big 12 teams that are manipulating the net system, right? And because BYU's in the Big 12 and Utah's going to be in it next year, and they're in a very healthy place, uh, basketball-wise in the conference, the the Big 12, obviously. They're in a very, very comfortable spot, being the by far the best conference in basketball. Um, they're doing what the big conferences and the big teams do in college football, which is it's not gaming the system because I think what's lost in the conversation of quote-unquote gaming the system, oh, you're not playing any tough teams. Your strength of schedule is garbage, which – uh, call me back in six months because we're going to be doing the same thing when we start talking about the SEC and their soft schedules uh, set up so that they can get into the college football playoff. The thing is, is that's the smart way to do it. If you want to get the most attention, what do you have to do, JJ? You go to the college football playoff. Exactly. If you have to get the most attention uh, in the college basketball world, what is it? You got to get the NCAA tournament. Yes. And to do that, got to win in the NCAA tournament. And, and to do that, boost up my net rating put my net rating my net ranking in my veins because that's, right. that's how we're going to survive it was incredible how much byu tricked the computers on tuesday night at lawrence <laughs> that was an unbelievable <laughs> performance yeah. to, to to fool the computer rankings listen it's because and the pull co- off that win well you know it's not computers that run that right it's the reptilian people oh yes okay. <laughs> see i'm going well, full we I'm got going, no. we've got we've got preppers today <laughs> We've got you know, no solar system. You know it's the reptile. And now we know that college basketball, <laughs> the entire NCAA tournament selection oh, yeah. committee are reptilians. Fake. It's the it's the reptile people. That's who that's who don't want you to to. That's who's running the college football playoffs. Now it makes sense. Okay, so the Big Ten and the SEC are apparently trying to ruin college football. All right. The, a possible 14-team playoff already being discussed before we've even gotten to a 12-team playoff. 16 teams is also part of that discussion because in the current contract, they're only going two years of a guarantee of these 12 teams in the college football playoff, right? So first-round buys for champions, and then three auto bids. So 14-team playoff after a 12-team two-year run that they're going to have. So the SEC and the Big Ten want first-round buys for their champions. Of course they do. Which, by the way, that's the way it's set up, right? The first-round buy for the champions of any of the – if Utah ends up being the, the, the Big 12 champion, which I think, you know, we all sort of 
now look at Utah, and it's almost their conference to lose at this point, the way we've been talking about it. They are going to be an automatic one through four seed, right? And the one through four seeds get a bye in that first round of the playoffs. Am I wrong? No. no I'm, I'm, like, trying to imagine. Did I get that wrong? No. But the it's SEC not just that. The and Big Ten want all the buys. They want all the buys, okay? So it's not Based just. Based on what? So, but, like, it's not even just that. And three auto bids per conference. So you're talking about first round buys, okay, and then three auto bids apiece. So you're at, they're asking for eight of the 14 teams in the college football playoff going up. Now, as my son will come up to me and say, Dad, can we get that $40,000 side-by-side at the Salt Lake Outdoor Expo? (laughs) I'll go, hell no, right? And then what is is his response? Uh, Doesn't hurt to to ask, (laughs) which is what I kind of treat this like. Now, if you are the most powerful conferences in the land, I don't know, from a competition standpoint, not having if you didn't if we didn't have BYU and Utah in a power conference fighting for the because what I'm saying is that they would have a spot taken from them potentially right but if I'm not one of those people if I'm if I'm not a fan of any of those if I'm just a college football give me the best matchups who's to say that the SEC and the Big Ten would not be the best matchups it's hard to argue against a, a conference that wants eight teams in out of the fourteen. Because typically eight teams out of the Big Ten and the ACC are better than everybody else. Is that wrong? And that's just the autos. They'll, they want, they'll want the at-larges, too. <laughs> give me the at-larges. They want the autos. Now, Alex, that's crazy. We're just, this is just becoming the Big Ten SEC invitation. This is, this is what they want. They want a national championship based on Big Ten versus SEC, and they don't want anybody else to play. Right. In in their in their sandbox, that's exactly what this is, and they believe because of the support they have from Fox and ESPN and the power they nail wield that they can make this happen. This is not what anybody wants, except the people that make money in the Big Ten and the SEC. This can't happen. This can't be allowed to happen because this is not what's good for college football. Right. And at some point, at some point, it's going to be okay. People are going to lose interest. It's like, oh, what is this? This is just, this is just minor league football, right? You're going to lose certain parts of this that matter so much to to to, to make it a, a an interesting competition. Because who wants to watch, essentially, the Big Ten versus the SEC, other than people that love the Big Ten and SEC teams? And perhaps if you love college football and you love watching Alabama versus Michigan, then you get Roll what you want, tide. I guess. Oh, boy. Yeah, right? That's who wants this. Mm-hmm. Roll damn tie. <laughs> they want it. <laughs> Michigan wants it. Uh, but does you, the college football fan, you, the college football consumer, want that? Or would you rather have everyone represented, equal access for everybody, if, you're, if you earn it, to get a chance to go? Okay, the group of five, the at-larges, I think it needs to be that way. And I think you need to reward college football conference champions, but this only rewards two conferences. Okay, in the, in the current setup of the 12-team playoff, you'd have first-round buys for one through four. In yes. the 14-team playoff, you're only getting two buys, even though you're adding two teams. So here's how the numbers work. It would be the number one overall seed uh, in the – 
and I think that they're just taking – so I think what we're looking at here, this is a projected 14-team playoff that Ross Dellinger did for Yahoo, okay? A projected top 14, all right? So the Big 12 would have their – the Big 12 number one – Am I missing it He's over here? He's got Arizona. He's got Arizona, okay? You're not going to like this, Utah fans, because – and listen, you got to at Ross Dellinger, not us, because he actually has the Big 12 number two team as Oklahoma State also. Right. So those are his two. Now, in this scenario, let's just – Kyle Whittingham already has that hanging up in, his lo- in the <laughs> listen, locker Listen, he printed it out, and he's yeah. like, honey, I have some great news. <laughs> and then, the, and then she's you, all, He sent mm. a thank you note to Ross right. Dellinger. And then, he, and, then he, and then he has to put on a pouty face for his players. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, oh, shoot. They're disrespecting us. But in this setup, the number one team out of the Big 12, he's got at uh, Arizona. Now, they have the Arizona team listed as a 10 seed. Correct. Being the number one team in the Big 12. Read off the one through nines. Let me go through one through nine. Number one out of the Big 10, Michigan. Okay. Number two out of the SEC, Texas. Okay. Number three out of the Big 10, Washington. (laughs) Jeez, it just sounds so weird to say that out loud as I've. As I'm saying that. Uh, number four out of the SEC, Alabama. Number five out of the ACC, Florida State. Number six out of the SEC, Georgia. Number seven out of the Big Ten, Ohio State. Number eight out of the Big Ten, uh, Oregon. And number nine out of the SEC, <laughs> Missouri. <laughs> Gosh dang it. You see a theme here? Yeah, I do. Uh, number 10 is, like I said, Arizona. Out of the uh, out of the Big Twelve, so right now out of those first twelve that I listed off, what do we have? Two are not the SEC, ACC Big champion 10. and the Big Twelve champion. That's okay, it. and and by the way, the SEC champion or the ACC champion is the number five seed. The Big Twelve champion is the number ten Arizona Wildcats. Okay, eleven out of the ACC is uh, Louisville. Number twelve out of the Big Ten is Penn State. Number thirteen out of the Big Twelve is Ohio State, and number fourteen out of the May she rest. Pac-12. <laughs> the new group of five <laughs> The new G5 champion, Oregon State. Okay. So what, how, many, nine, how many did you get? Nine teams out of the 14, out of the 14. are Big Ten SEC. Yeah. But, and, and but how tell many, me that that's one, not. Yeah. Only one team in the top ten was non-SEC Big Ten. Okay. Which was Florida State. Now, this is doing a lot of assuming, right? But I think that <laughs> the point is. That the sport that I love more than anything on this planet, which is college football, not just football, college football, I begged for a 12 and I begged for a 14 team, something more than just a two or 14 playoff or the dreaded old school, just like writing down, hey, uh, who did you vote for for your national champion? That was always a terrible, no more BCS. This is supposed to be a better system. The thing is, is that are these teams the best teams, though? Are these teams? But when you look at this, if you were to take away conference affiliation, uh, because a lot of these, Texas, Oregon, um, Washington, who else am I missing? Arizona, but in a different way. Uh, Some of these teams were not in there. They weren't in this. They weren't in the Big Ten of the SEC last year, right? And so, if they end up being the best teams, which again, Washington, I don't even think is going to be a top 25 team by the end of next year, but that's a whole other thing. They're almost rebuilding. But, and you look at this, though, and the Blue Bloods are pretty much there. And the best teams in the country, I mean, you're talking about the reason that they're there is because their ranking is that is about that level. 
I think that the Big 12 champion should be a top four seed, a top five seed. Okay. How? Why? What's? What is the meaning of not having winning it? a conference championship? You're supposed to be. It's considered not going to mean a anything, right? But why wouldn't it? Look, did the Big 12? The Big 12 took a hit because Oklahoma and Texas left, right? But sure. you arguably added uh, even better teams, at least over the past couple decades, right? When you talk about Utah at the very least. Uh, Arizona State and Arizona, it'll take two seconds. By the way, Arizona is going to be maybe better than Utah this year. Just as good or maybe better. Uh, but I think, one, it's a massive disrespect. Utah should probably be on this list. And if you put Utah at a number 13 seed to replace Oregon or uh, Oklahoma State, that feels weird, too. Because it's freaking Utah, who, by the way, has been in should be way well ahead in terms of just like recent memory uh, over teams like Missouri and even Oregon uh, or even Arizona or uh, or even Ohio State in terms of how they've competed over the past couple of seasons. Whether it's Arizona or Utah or Kansas State or Oklahoma State, the Big 12 champion being a 10 seed. And having to go on the road, I'm assuming these first-round games are neutral, are, are yeah, home sites. I, I hope they figure it so out. So you win your conference championship. You win the Big 12 championship. The, they play, and you get a 10 seed, and you got to go to the shoe and play right. Ohio State. you got to play the number three Big Ten team on this list. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. So you're saying that That doesn't the, make any sense. Yeah, but listen, on paper, if you were to make a matchup and you were to just kind of close your eyes, who would be a better team on paper – between Arizona and, you, and Ohio State, it depends. I don't know that. Come on, on paper, you know, you, you mean know, from a talent always, perspective, you know, always. Yeah, well, well, let's say that Ohio State's the number three. Well, team. if we're judging based on your five stars, then Texas A and M should be in here, <laughs> right? Well, by I'm that mostly, logic, I, I think that I think the results do, on the field, this. week one through twelve, and the championship game need to matter. In this, it doesn't. Let me see. Here. If you're fourth place or fifth place in the SEC. You still have a shot at the playoff. Th- help me understand that, Alex. If you finish fourth in the SEC, you don't win a conference championship, you don't even go to your conference championship game, why should you be in the college football playoff? What have you done to earn inclusion other than just being in the right club? And then we're right back to the same problem we've always had. How do they have the we big We thought this was going to be solved by a 12-team playoff. And? And now the Big Ten and the <laughs> SEC want to co-opt the thing and make it their invitational which just keeps the power and the money with those two conferences. At some point, we all know where this is going. Eventually, they're going to break off completely, and this is just the first step, is them saying, okay, we, we have the power, we have the money, we're just going to go start our own thing and just leave everybody else is behind. Rob, and, is you Rob, know, at this point, that's better than this. Don't yeah. do this. Yeah. Don't try to sell to everybody that this is a real playoff. Right. It's not well, a this is, ba- this is based off of... If this were to happen from this last year's just final rankings, okay? Because I think we know Washington will not be the Big Ten number the Big Ten number two. Ohio State might be the Big Ten number one or number two, maybe number one. Uh, Texas is not going to be the SEC number one. Can we can we shake on that? I don't that? know. I don't can we know. at least make that commitment? Now they do have they do have backup quarterback Arch Manning. So there you go. George at six. That's interesting. I'm, I'm not worried about. But that's teams. all because of, that's all I'm because that's where they get sh- the teams. But that's where they there. shook out in the college football. The playoff bracket right. you're showing me gives me an idea of how this could go down, right? And how this is, how the Big Ten and the SEC are cooking this up to benefit them. 
That's exactly what that is. And again, well, we got this is the I don't know whatever computer rankings they might use to determine. You know, I don't know how they're going to do that with the committee. The, the committee is going to be like they're going to they're going to look at this and they're going to look at the the strength of schedule. Well, they played each other over and over again. Okay, I mean they're not even going to play like half these teams aren't even going to have played each other during the regular season because the conferences are so big. So it's just it's cooked. It's all cooked. It's just an effort to keep the power with those two conferences. And if everybody doesn't do what they say, they're going to say, all right, we're just going to go form our own college football league, Mm -hmm. which is exactly where this is going. (sighs) Well, listen, if you're going off of last year, that Utah team wouldn't have made the 12-team bracket. No, no, not last year. Uh, The year before. The year before and the year before that even, obviously. But this is going off of last year's kind of final rankings – that's why Ohio, that's why Oregon State is still in it. That's why Oklahoma State would be in it. That's why Florida State is five, Alabama four, because that's where it was. One, two is Michigan, Texas. Three, Washington, four, Alabama. Yeah, this is based off of last right, year's so final. Right, so if you were to do it like that, then here we are. I mean, that's that's basically one thing about, about you know, who who is going to make it to the 14-team playoff. If it's going to be the best teams and it's just based off of ranking and champions, then great. But if you're going to give a Big 12 team the number 10 seed, right? That seems weird, right? If you're going to give the Big 10, if you're going to give the Big 10 number three a seven seed, then that seems quite crazy here. All right, more to go around the corner. 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. When TV and radio collide, love it. Wow. This is what you get. You're listening to JJ and Alex, presented by G2G Bars. Don't touch that dial. On 97.5 BKSL Sports Zone. I think the, the key is just uh, for our offense to be executing at a high level. I thought today was a really good start, and then normally offense isn't clicking like they were today, and that's a huge compliment to the guys that are coming back. There's a lot of leadership coming back and productivity coming back, but also um, I think it's good um, leadership from our guys. It's, you know, we had a really good offseason, so I, I think it's showing the guys look really good. I'd like to have a starter as soon as we can, but, uh, you know, the competition is all depending on, on who steps out and who, who does the most to get to get the spot. It's not going to be handed to him, so uh, somebody has to earn it. Welcome back. It is JJ and Alex, 97.5 EKSL Sports Zone, head coach of BYU football. Kalani Satake right there talking the more important talking points from BYU Spring, which, of course, is who the heck is your quarterback, coach? It's well, well, we got some stuff. <laughs> we got some things we got to figure out. Got some stuff. There's a competition. Uh, there you go. I am fascinated by this whole thing. Spring football underway as of yesterday. We got tons of sound to go through. Uh, it's hard to paint a picture when you can't actually see what's going on at practice. And the media observation uh, portions of practice are, are pretty tight as well. And they're short. So you don't get to see a lot. We're going to chat with uh, Matt Biamonte of uh, Cougar Sports Saturday coming up next hour. And Matt is, of course, uh, covering all of this for, for KSL Sports. And so... He and Mitch Harper do a phenomenal job going down there, getting all those interviews. Uh, but, yeah, it's just one of those things, J.J., where it's one of the more fascinating spring footballs for BYU because of how the season went, because of the changes that have been made in the offseason to some key coaching spots, including, of course, your offensive coordinator. I mean, your uh, your offensive line coach. 
How is A-Rod going to respond after a year of some of the worst BYU offense we've ever seen in that program? Uh, so many questions that have to be asked there. And Kalani, of course, brought up the uh, – or I'm sure he wasn't the one who was like, hey, can we talk about quarterbacks? <laughs> I'd love to chat they, more about They asked about the kickers and punters for like 20 minutes and right. finally at the end. <laughs> finally. Kalani's like, hey, you guys want to hear about the quarterback <laughs> position? I have a few thoughts. Uh, um, I, I'm with you. I think that uh, this is the story – uh, of spring football for BYU is how is the competition going? Who's standing out? We're going to be asking that question every time, and because they don't allow media to watch it, which is totally fine. That's The coaches make those decisions. But we're going to ask for updates. We're going to want to know because that's what you, the BYU fan, wants to know. And so they have to find a guy. And I talked about it uh, yesterday. I don't think they have to have a starter name by the end of spring football. But you got to have a pretty good idea who, that you, ha- you feel confident you've got a guy that's going to help you, whether it's two guys that have stood out and you're going to let them battle it out in fall camp or if you have one guy that has an edge and, and you feel good about him going in because then you don't need to go out and get another one. But uh, when you have eight guys in, in camp and eight guys in the quarterback room, uh, that's a lot of guys, and that's a lot of guys that, that need reps and need looks. But even uh, Aaron Roderick, when he talked to Hans uh, last hour on Hans and Scott, he said, it, it's, it's Gary Bohan and, and Jake Retzloff who are getting the most reps, who are getting the, the top looks. But uh, on Monday, you were, you, were, you were gone. Mitch Harper and I talked about this. When was the last time BYU had this much uncertainty at the quarterback position going into a season? He took me all the way back to 2002. Yeah. Matt Berry, Brett Ingeman, and we all know how that went. After Brandon Doman was gone, they needed somebody to step into Gary Crowan's system, and it never really developed. So I remember playing against – so I played against Matt Berry in, in high school. Yeah. And they crushed us. And I remember thinking, that guy's good, and he's committed to BYU, and you're yeah. like, that's going to be – So, and, of course, I start going to BYU in 2002. And I'm like, let's get some Matt Berry going on. And it was not good. It was not a good situation, right. obviously. Those, those years between 02 and 05 were some of the worst. Yep, uh, and eventually John Beck rose from you know was the cream of the crop. Right, there, but it, you had took that. a long time. Why That's did that program say. struggle those years? Because see, they didn't have consistent. See, and part there. of it was because I, I think the only thing that I would disagree with you on is is that these competitions are happening all over the place. It's one thing to be uncertain about who your starting quarterback is, and to have a couple of like like dogs in there, man, guys right. who you know are good, right? Guys who you're like this dude. And the, the and it's we're you know that blessing quote unquote of like having two amazing quarterbacks who are going to be battling it out is not where BYU's at. Right. Uh, they have like you said more of a situation where it's just like these are these guys the, we're not looking at the cream of the crop here. You're not looking at the best court by far the worst quarterback situation in the entire Big Twelve is BYU, and that doesn't mean that Gary Bohannon. I mean Gary Bohannon played at a at a Big Twelve winning Baylor team. Won a, won a championship that year. But I think we all know uh, Gary, don't call me Jerry, is over here, like, obviously coming in knowing, one, I have to earn my spot. There's no giving, There's nothing given here. He's not showing up, and, and then it's a charity situation of thanks for coming to BYU. Here's your starting position. Here's what Gary Bohannon had to say first time being able to talk to him at spring, talking about that he knows that this is a competition. Oh, it's been good. Um, just finding ways to compete and help each other as much as we can. I mean, we all know what it is. It's competition. We're coming out, finding ways to get better and helping each other get better at the same time. What competition do you help each other in? 
That's like that's like me telling my wife. There's somebody interviewing me about playing Monopoly with my wife, which is like the worst thing that I could have ever done at the beginning of my marriage. <laughs> and, and like going, hey, oh, yeah, we're just out here trying to help each other out. No, we're not. Yeah. It's a competition. You can't say we're helping each other out and it's a competition. Only one can win. You're trying to be like nice to each other and be, quote, unquote, supportive of one another, but you want to be better than that other guy. So it's a weird spot to be in because you got to be a good teammate and you got to be a good uh, – but you also need to put yourself out there as the best be, competitor. You, you want to be as – Kyle Whittingham would call Cam Rising. You need an alpha dog. So oh, yeah. who's going to be the alpha dog? And that doesn't mean <laughs> be nice nope. in a sense. That doesn't mean you can't, you have to be disrespectful. It's just you have to go out there, act like, and be the man. You've got to set yourself apart. How do you do that? It's not just with your play on the field. It's how are you in the weight room? How are you in team meetings? How are you in, in team settings? How are you developing your leadership and all those things? It's an all-encompassing thing. It's not just what you do on the field. Who's going to step up in those areas? And you're right. I don't disagree with you. I don't think BYU's got, no matter who wins this competition, one of the top quarterbacks in the Big 12, not even close. They're going to have to find ways to win where other positions are their strength. They just need some consistency from the quarterback position and somebody to take care of the football, which Jake Retzloff did not do those last couple of Listen, games that he started. If he would have won, if he would have beaten Oklahoma that game, do you think we maybe just don't even have this conversation? Probably, it's like, oh. Gary Bohannon probably isn't at BYU. And he prob- or if he is here. I believe that. The idea is, oh, he's coming in as the backup just in case Retzloff is not the guy after a couple of games, which is not how you get guys do in. Do you think Gary Bohannon would have came here? <laughs> no, no. Exactly. None under that. None exactly. Because Gary knows he's got a chance to win this job because there's that, that didn't happen last year. Nobody about, set themselves apart. Think about where he's at though in his career. This is it for Keaton Slovis. That was it, right? Now you could say what you want about how Keaton Slovis struggled and uh, he wasn't the guy at the end, but he also earned himself a spot into like. Do you, do you think that if he was there at Pitt one more year, that he does that he gets invited to the combine? No. Maybe, but probably no. not. He ends up getting the invite. Gary Bohannon has something that he's got to prove, and that's exactly what he talked about as well. Oh, I, got, I feel like I have a lot of fire left. I mean, I had the game taken away from me for a year, so I got a lot to try to get back into it just to prove it to myself. Okay. Uh, by the way, if you were wondering what his goal is, it's not to go in there and be a great teammate. It's to go in there and be the starting quarterback, and he also mentioned that. Oh, very badly. I mean, we train for this our entire lives. As a kid growing up, you want to you want to be a college quarterback. You want to make it to the NFL, the NFL quarterback. It's just about the small goals and the small things to get you there. Everybody, we want to. I want to be in this position, and we got to be good and be comfortable with taking everything that comes with it, the good and the bad. Is there a version of what basketball is doing this year uh, for BYU to be able to crack some weird code? and make something happen in football. Now, the good news is is the Big 12 has been a totally unpredictable uh, league the last few seasons. And it's been every year it's been totally different teams playing in the in the uh, Big 12 championship game. I think in the last three years it's been six different teams, right? And that's what we talked about before the last one. Yep. So it, it, is an, it, it is an up in the air thing. And anything can change in a moment. And that's what coaches are banking on, that – they get shorted, right? That somebody talks about them and that they're not good enough. They don't have the talent. Uh, they weren't good last year, so obviously they're not going to be good this year. They bank on that. They love that because then they go, fine, 
We know where we need to go. We know not everybody else is in the locker room. Not everybody else knows what they're going through. So is there a version of that that happens for BYU in football versus basketball? So how does BYU crack the code and do what the basketball team this year and defy all odds and surprise everybody? Yeah, just be a top 25 team most of the year next year in football. No problem. Uh, I don't think it's going to come for the quarterback position per se, but what was the recipe for Oklahoma State last year? Good running game. Great running game. Best running back in the country. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can that BYU offensive line step up this year and and be more together with a new offensive line coach and allow BYU to run the football more effectively? And can that defense step up and keep BYU attached in games, which they weren't able to do last year in the Big 12? Too many blowouts last year, right? Oh, yeah. Teams just absolutely steamrolled them, and that's got to change. So, yes, there is a path. There is a code, Alex, even without elite quarterback play but it's going to be hard and you're going to have to ask your run game and your defense to lead the way west virginia did it last year too that's a team that didn't that did not have a aerial attack right that was a team that had got solid quarterback play they ran the football effectively and their defense kept them in games uh speaking of other quarterbacks let's get quickly through some of the comments that jake retzlaff had to say he talked about uh, focusing on football, he knows that he basically lost his starting job until further notice, and here's what he said about it. To be honest with you, I'm not worried about that right now. I'm just worried about going out there and balling. Like I said, I've been waiting this for this for a long time, so worrying about stuff like that that's going to take care of itself at the end of the day is, is, is not what I'm doing. It's not what I'm focused on. So, just like I said, I'm focused on there getting reps and getting out there with the guys. It's just it's fun to play football. Not worried about that. Except, except the right for, attitude. That's that, that you have to take that approach. It's not that I'm and not I'm worried actually, about it. Except for the thing like, I'm like, most oh, worried stop about. Stop it! Just shut up. No, <laughs> trust me. As an athlete in that situation, with all the pressure in the world on you, you you're not in control. You're not in control of what Aaron Roderick decides to do. You're not in control of what Kalani Satake thinks about right. you. Right. You're only in control of what you do on a daily basis in your preparation and your performance. And he, he's absolutely right that he has to be locked in on that because that's the only way he's going to be able to do this. Because you if you start thinking about all the pressure and all the mistakes you made last year and perhaps a missed opportunity at the end of last year and they're bringing in a senior quarterback who's won a Big 12 championship and there's a lot of people that don't think I can do that, you can't have that on your mind. You've just got to go out and focus on being the best football player you can be. And he's right. You have to have a loose, uh, just carefree approach to what you're doing. That doesn't mean you're, doesn't mean you're you're not uh, paying attention to detail. It means you're playing free. You're playing loose. You're allowing yourself to be your best self without getting all caught up in the anxiety of what comes along with being a BYU quarterback. Uh, real quickly, here's what he said about the actual quarterback competition itself. You know, that's the world we live in, right? If you're not competing, then what are you doing? I mean, iron sharpens iron, so that's the way, you know, that's the way I look at it. It's like, well, those guys are going to push me to be better every day. So that's just the mindset I got going into it. And like I said, uh, not worrying about the outside things is what you got to do in a competition. got to be confident in yourself and just go out there and ball, do your thing. Don't you love, uh, don't you love all of the, uh, the cliche stuff that gets oh, yeah. mentioned during all those things? Well, he's listening to his coaches in meetings. You know, iron sharpens iron, <laughs> yeah. as they always say. Uh, we're going to take a break. So we'll come back. we got more to go around the corner. We are here at the uh, Slorex Show in Salt Lake. Stay with us, 97.5 EKSL Sports Zone. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Download the KSL Sports app to get live streaming of your favorite shows. Downloading. Download the latest podcasts and get all the latest breaking and churning. As JJ and Alex ask, would you rather? All right, welcome back. 
JJ and Alex, 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Nominate your youth sports volunteer that you want to make the Hercules Hero of the Week. You've heard us talking about these on Thursday. We read off a winner every week. The way you do it is, and what we're looking for is, anybody who has made an impact in youth sports across the state of Utah, we want to hear about those people. The unsung hero of youth sports in your neighborhood or somebody who just does that extra mile who really, really pitches in to make sure that youth sports is on the right track. Uh, you can, of course, think of somebody probably off the top of your head, JJ, but uh, we want people to actually go in and make those nominations so that we can honor them on our program every Thursday. Go to kslsports.com slash contest, and then we will uh, take those nominations. We'll read them. We'll pick a winner every week, and they'll win a $50 gift card courtesy of Hercules Credit Union, part of our Hercules Hero of the Week, kslsports.com slash contests. Uh, okay. Let's do a little bit of a would-you-rather situation. Would you rather have someone just be a clear-cut pick for quarterback by the end of spring, or do you want this thing to get drawn out all the way up until – August 22nd or something like that if, if you're a BYU If I'm fan. BYU, I don't even want to know who the starting quarterback is until the first snap of the first game. Ooh. Because I need the quarterbacks to be on edge that much to drive and push them. Oh, I like to be it. better and to be ready to go. Hey, would you say iron sharpens iron maybe? I think iron needs to sharpen iron there we all go. throughout the summer and even into the fall. Look, no, there can't be any complacency here. And you know what? I don't know that that was the case with Keaton Slovis. But I think it would have been helpful had there been another person pushing Keaton Slovis all throughout the summer. We had heard about Jake Retzlaff, but that wasn't supposed to be his year last year, right? Right, right. Uh, and, you know, that's the part where I feel a little bit bad because I think that he was thrust into a situation where it was like, well, look, he's not good enough for us to burn the red shirt on, but we want him to get that experience. So you were asking a guy to be even more uh, – you were asking him to be more prepared than, than he was supposed to be. Like, timing-wise, if Keaton Slovis was the guy, you didn't want to see Jake Retzlaff. Or maybe you did when they were blowing guys out in certain games, and that, of course, wasn't going to be the case. You Instead, didn't want to see anybody but right. Keaton Slovis last year because you brought him in believing he was the guy that was going to lead you to a lot of wins. So yeah. instead, all the BYU na- uh, you know, Cougar Nation asked of, uh, of Jake Retzlaff was to beat West Virginia, beat Oklahoma, Beat Oklahoma State. Who am I missing in there? Iowa State. And beat Iowa State. Which all games come close to happening. All games. Yeah. The only, of course, the only, uh, the closest two were the two one, the two games you didn't think were going to be the closest, right. which is Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. But I, I think that people forget that that there was like he wasn't he wasn't ready for that yet. No. They weren't anticipating for him to be that guy yet. But, you know, as a backup quarterback, by the way, they just didn't have backup quarterbacks. And I don't even know. Like, honestly. How has their depth changed? What? It has not. Right. And that's the part that makes you nervous if you're a BYU fan. Now, would you rather win a Big 12 title and be the 10th seed <laughs> of next year's college football playoff or win one game? at the NCAA tournament. Oh, boy. I think it depends on the school we're talking about. Which school? The University of Florida. No, I'm talking about either Which BYU school? or... Because it okay, okay. It does depend. Yep. Yeah, Even at a... So. Well, okay. Okay, let's go BYU. Let's go BYU since we were just talking about it. I think BYU fan right now that's all hyped up and excited about their, their basketball team 
wants to go make a run in this NCAA tournament. So okay. I think BYU fan right now is all in on March Madness. Right. I think Utah fan, who's been knocking on the door of the playoff over the last three or four or five years, is ready to break through that door and go to the playoff. I don't think a lot of Utah fans would be like, man, I really want to see this running Utes team win a win an NCAA tournament game this year. Yeah. They want to see Utah go to the college football playoff in the first year of the yeah. 12-team playoff. Now, normally these are kind of a, a hypothetical situation. Uh-huh. But you're dead wrong on this one. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm wrong about a hypothetical. <laughs> it's always football. I'm I wrong about a hypothetical. It's always football. It was a trick question, JJ. Even for There's BYU There's only fan. one answer. Oh, for BYU fans. Well, look, I know right now. If, if I know right now it's fun. What a lot. What a, a ton of fun. Ask yourself if they lose to TCU tomorrow by 14 at home. If that, well, I guess I'm not going to say that. Maybe there's a little recency bias with what. Of I just course said. there is because that Kansas win was, that was an incredible experience. I think any BYU fan, worth their weight in Cougar Tail Maple Glaze, <laughs> would tell you that they would trade anything that's going on with this basketball team for their team to be competitive at the top of the Big 12 next year. Absolutely. Now. Again, there might be some basketball heads out there, and I, I apologize, Tim Lacombe, if I'm not giving enough love to, uh, to, to college basketball. But I'm just telling you, uh, that's what I want. I got to have it. I got to have Maybe college I was, there was a little bit too much reality in my hypothetical. Right. All right, we're going to take a break. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you're locked into JJ and Alex. With the insight and analysis on the teams you can't live without. Presented by G2G Bars. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Honestly, I feel like everybody in the world know about the history of this position here. You got to match that level every year. But that's what it's about. Like every year, there's a good quarterback in the system that runs this. So you need that every single year. Every, every team needs a really good quarterback because that's who's in command. That's who's the leader on the field. That's the guy. The quarterback position is very important. I love Gary. Gary's great. Me and that guy had inside jokes on, on day two, to be honest with you. I mean, it's cool to see a guy like that, you know, with some experience to come in the room. And that's so fun to be able to just, you know, bounce things off of him. And he's a great dude and just love hanging out with the guy in general. Welcome back. It is 97.5 EKSL Sports Zone. It's a Friday, and we're out and about, which is the best way to do it on a Friday. Uh, we're at the Mountain America Expo Center here in Sandy. Mountain America Expo Center, Sandy. You nailed that. Got it. That's where we're at. I love being here, Alex, but it's also hard because I want stuff that's here, and I can't afford it. Yeah. I bought a, I bought a golf club today, and part of that just was one. just one. <laughs> that's where I'm at in my life. I bought a rescue club that I wanted, and then that was a two-fold situation for me, which was I said, oh, I already bought something today, so I can't, I can't buy these many accessories that I want to buy while I'm here. I'll get sold on anything too, JJ. I'll be over here and I'll be like, like they, got the, the, like they have a dehydrated salsa over here, and I'll get sold on that in two seconds. I'm about to walk over You're there. You're going to walk out of here. Go down to yes. the local grocery store, buy the chips, percent. and bring them back. That's a thousand percent what I would do because I yep. get I'm gullible like that. It's not gullible, it's a great deal. That's the way I look at it. All right, I'll walk out of here with new sunglasses and some salsa, and I'll go. Well, I didn't buy a UTV, honey. See, that's what I do is I go. <laughs> I saved us money today. Uh huh. I only spent two hundred dollars on accessories at the outdoor expo, and that means that I didn't buy. I saved us ninety five thousand dollars because I didn't buy that uh, UTV over there. By the you, way, there is a $95,000 UTV over here. There is. It's amazing. I hope you enjoy <laughs> your uh, 
salsa in uh, in the doghouse. I know. Yeah. Well, that's uh. But see, again, my wife has used that logic. Well, I couldn't not do it. Otherwise, we were going to lose money. It was a deal. I'm saving money. <laughs> Had to do it. Uh, our program is always brought to you by G2G bars. All natural ingredients and no preservatives make the G2G bar unique and a perfect protein bar. They taste amazing. Uh, Local refrigerated section at your grocers, at Costco, Holiday Oil, Maverick. You've seen them, of course, popping up also at Smith's and 7-Eleven. So go check it out, G2G Bar. Uh, but let's kick the show off. Let's get Matt Biamonte on the program here with us. It's the cut right here at the top of the hour. It's time for the biggest story of the day. This is what made the cut with J.J. and Alex on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. All right. Here's the deal. We have, uh, of course, gotten ourselves very excited about a, uh, a couple things going on here in the world of football. We have spring football to talk about. Matt Biamonte joining us here on the program. Uh, Matt, of course, covers the Cougs for KSLSports.com. He's going to be down observing practices and doing as much as he can to, uh, to get us going on the BYU side of things of what's going on in spring because they're getting started early here. Matt, what was the uh, what's the, the logic behind starting two or three weeks before everybody else on the spring football side of things? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Honestly, I kind of like it from the from the standpoint of if you get done a little earlier than others, you can have your exit interviews. You can get a jump <laughs> start on right. the next round of of portaling. So. Rather portaling. than you're still, <laughs> I love that you, new you, term. You, you created something new. Let's go portaling. Let's go portaling, everybody. <laughs> hey, it, it kind of sounds like we we, we have a third opportunity for portaling down the road here with wow. some of these rule changes. But nice. yeah, I I, I, I kind of like it just in the standpoint of you you get that done. You have your exit interviews. You let people know where they stand. People can hit the portal earlier from your team, so it's kind of player friendly in that regard. And then you can focus solely on the portal and everything that's not spring football when that opens up after spring football. So I, I don't hate that they're starting early, though. It, it felt a little weird being there in February. I know it was a leap year, but you look down, and it's like, geez, it's February, and Super Bowl just ended a couple weeks ago, and spring football is back. But, and it's not even close to spring, but it was still fun being there. Matt, before we dig into the elephant in the room, which is the BYU quarterback situation and competition just give us the overall vibe you felt there you were at practice today you were on the grass you were out there smelling the smells which i'm jealous of i wasn't able to get there yesterday but what was the overall vibe like and what are some of the things that stood out to you day one i think the the number one thing that stuck out to me was true freshman tight end reiner swanson now jj know this well and so does alex but we, we don't get to watch a ton of practice so who knows what happened in the you know 80% of practice that happened before we got there. But he made multiple catches from Jake Retzlaff and from Gary Bohannon, across the middle, uh, corner routes, that type of – he looked really good. Like, it brought me back to 2019, 2020, when J.J. and everyone else at KSL was in Vegas for the entire month, it seemed like, and I was the only <laughs> one at BYU yeah. Spring Football – and, and Isaac Rex was balling out. And mind you, Matt Bushman was still in plans at that point. He hadn't tore his Achilles yet. And you felt like, geez, I know Bushman's here and he's great, but Rex is going to factor in. That was my biggest takeaway from yesterday was like, he may not be tight end one, 
But Reiner Swanson, the true freshman, four-star tight end of Southern California, he's going to play in the fall, and he's going to make a difference. He was mm. really, really impressive. And then the other takeaway was there was a lot more f- familiarity in terms of just guys that have been in the program for a couple of years. Last year, there were so many new faces at nearly every position. I mean, offensively, it's like, okay, they're breaking in Slovis. They're breaking in Robbins. They're breaking in new offensive linemen. They've got a bunch of new tight ends you've never heard of. It's every position. It felt like there was all these new faces. This year, there's not as many new faces, which I think could benefit this team to have a little continuity and to build upon some of the stuff they did last year. So let's talk the quarterback position, and we talk about this quarterback uh, competition, of course, that was talked about quite a bit. We've already, we've already beaten it to death, and we and we just are day one into uh, the quarterback or into uh, spring ball. Gary Bohannon and Jake Redslap are those the only two that are part of the competition, or is there a reality of somebody else maybe being the starter or the backup that's not one of those two guys? Those are the only two. It's it's a two man race. Redslap and Bohannon. Both of them had some. Some really nice moments, some good throws. Uh, Bohannon was on that corner out to Swanson. It had a really good touch on it. You know, it looked it's day one, but he, he threw the ball well. He had some some nice passes. So it, it's it's uh, it's probably way too early to say this, but it looks like his shoulder is fine after the, at the injury that ended his tenure at at South Florida. And Rutz up mm. had some nice throws as well. Some, and and he displayed what what makes him unique. Uh, his ability to throw from different angles, had a good sidearm throw over the middle to Keanu Hill. I think it's going to be a long battle, and ultimately, I don't think, honestly, I don't feel like we're going to have a starter named before the first game. That's been something the staff has done before, and I could see it happening again. And if if it's both guys are worthy of being the starter, I think the tie would go to Jake Retzlaff just because of the time that this coaching staff put into him last year and those four starts at the end of the season. But uh, there wasn't any separation. They both had moments, and I think it's going to be a long battle between those two. Alex and I just had the conversation about whether that's good or bad, that uh, it could take well into fall camp before a starter's named. What's your opinion on that? Do you think that it would be beneficial for the program to uh, make that announcement and make that decision in March or wait till uh, last week in August? My, my opinion is, J.J., that it's bad. I, I, I think there's a lot to be had from naming a starter at the end of spring. That person gets to be the captain in player practices in the summer. That person will get more reps in the fall, which prepares them more for games. And I've just always been a believer of w- when someone knows – that they're the man, they they carry themselves a different way. And, and that might go against what Kalani always talks about, which is competition and every day you got to earn it. And look, I get it. Like, you don't want to just hand someone the job. But I think there is a lot of value to the team, knowing who the guy's going to be, getting extra reps with that guy. Because when you're splitting reps two ways, and in spring football they're splitting it a lot more than that, because they there's even after those two, who's the third guy? There's – there's a number of guys vying for that third spot. And we know that BOU football has had more than two quarterbacks play in a lot of seasons in the independent era and now heading into the Big 12. So the reps are split up quite a bit. I, I think it's just, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm not caring enough about competition, but I'm someone who believes in having an established guy, get that guy ready for games 
and have the teammates that he's going to be playing with at the five offensive linemen and the starting tight ends, like get that group as much repetitions as you can, because there's no, there's no replacement in college football. And I didn't even say college basketball as well. There's no replacement for reps. Like you need as many as you can. There's a limited number amount of time that these guys can practice. And I would love it if one of these dudes won the job at the end of spring. I, I just, after one day, it, it didn't feel like there was any separation at all. Matt Baimonte joining us here on JJ and Alex, 97.5 VKSL Sport Zone. And uh, as you got to see that first availability and uh, and kind of talk to some of these players, how's the energy, though? I mean, I would imagine these guys, it's beyond a level of excitement. It's a job. It's a, uh, it's a ton of work, obviously, that kind of – this is one of those moments where it can, it can be put out on a field where – they're suiting up partially. They're out there trying to impress coaches. What's the energy like down there in Provo from the coaches and the players? I spoke with Chase Roberts after practice yesterday. That's an interview we'll play tomorrow on Cougar Sports Saturday. But he just noted how there seems to be a little different uh, urgency to this this year's team because of the way last year ended. He actually felt like, and he's not the only one who, who felt this way. Mitch Harper actually felt this way and, Chase Roberts agrees with him that he kind of felt like it was a benefit to the team to have lost that Oklahoma State game the way that they did because it gave them an extra hunger that they maybe wouldn't have had if they went 6-6 six and six and got to a bowl game and who knows where they would have went. But it would have felt differently than it did this offseason where that, that was such a huge motivating factor the way that they ended last year. Oh, you know, had s- several opportunities at the end of the year to win a sixth game and go to a bowl game and week after week after week, they couldn't do it. And several of those weeks they were getting blown out West Virginia, uh, Iowa state. And so he, he, he said that, Hey, there's, there's just a different level of focus and energy right now because we still have that bitter taste in our mouths, the way that last season ended. So, and I, I think that's a good thing too, for this group because they have such a hard schedule. We've talked about this on the show. They did not get any favors in conference play. It's gotta be, incredibly urgent from now until game one if they're going to improve upon what they did last year. Matt, is there a position battle non-quarterback that you find fascinating? The tight end position, man. I I know I just talked about it with Reiner Swanson, but there is basically no production at that position. Uh, But there's a lot of talent. There's multiple four-star tight ends. There's guys they have brought in from the transfer portal that now this is their second year here. And there's a new tight end coach, which I think kind of resets everything. It's a blank slate for all these guys. Is this the year that Jackson Bowers, who last year there was kind of hope and promise that he would develop into someone who got meaningful snaps offensively. That never happened. Does he take a huge jump forward and become that four star caliber dude that falls in the footsteps of Isaac Rex is Reiner Swanson, like, did he just come at the perfect time? There's no production here. There's a new tight end coach. Does he just seize the moment? He gets here early, so he gets spring football. Does he just become a, a darling, one of the faces of the offense? I mean, it sure looked that way yesterday. And then there's other guys last year that, that are fighting to play and maybe carve out a new role. And then on top of that, you got Keanu Hill, who he had flashes yesterday. I still have questions as to whether or not he can be in every down tight end. I don't love tight ends that 
are solely on the field for blocking or solely on the field for running pass routes. I, I feel like it's it makes it easier to defend defensively. Can he prove enough in the run blocking part of his game to be on the field for run plays that disguises his elite ability of being a pass catcher? So that is such a fascinating battle because there's no clear answer there. And it's, it's going to take a while to figure out, but it's a, it's always been a critical part to BYU football success is, is good tight end play. I mean, when you go back throughout the decades, we, we could r- rip off so many names of guys that played in the league and had great careers at BYU. Who's going to be that next guy. I'm going to be watching that battle very closely because it's fascinating. What about the running back room? I mean, that's one thing where, you know, everybody's looking around and there's some familiar names coming back. But uh, are there other guys who, you know, are, are, are really piquing the interest of the coaching staff and, and you guys that are watching? The one guy in particular is Miles Davis. You know, he, he flirted with the portal and, and came back. Does he earn that backup job? This is It's a really interesting battle because this is one of those positions where I felt like, and myself included, were they going to add someone before spring football? They opted not to. And depending on how these guys perform, do they go into the next wave of portaling and say, okay, we got to go add someone because the depth isn't there. We need another option. Or does Miles Davis, Heakley Ropati, who missed all of last year, but he has some great flashes two years ago at the end of the season. Think about that Boise State game where he was making plays in the screen game. He had some nice runs against Stanford. Does he reemerge and become an option? And does L.J. Martin also take a big step forward? He had moments last year, but there were also a lot of a lot of games where he wasn't busting for 100 yards and he wasn't showing that explosive ability. Does he step forward and, and firmly seize that starting job? So that's... Uh, that's to be determined, and it's, it's it's a really important one, too, because as Chase Roberts noted yesterday in my conversation with him, he talked about how offensively, from just as a whole, offensively, we got to run the football better. And he's absolutely right. If, if they can't figure out the run game, which is the running backs and the offensive line, then it's going to be another year like last year where they're at the bottom of college football in total offense. You, you can't be reliant on the pass game and have no run game. So it's it's a critical piece that's going to be interesting here in spring ball. Let's switch gears to BYU hoops, which is a happy topic right now. Uh, nobody saw this coming, the way this BYU team is playing. They are no longer uh, – they are a lock. There's no doubt about that after the win at Kansas. Big game on uh, Saturday against TCU. But, Matt, this is our first chance to get your reaction to the Kansas win. What did BYU prove to everyone about them and what they're capable of after the way they performed at the Fog Allen Fieldhouse? I think they proved to everyone that they're still getting better. Like, these were moments of games that they had lost previously, and and we hadn't seen it yet, a breakthrough on the road, late in games, executing offensively. They were getting great shots against Kansas down the stretch. Now they made them. But they were the quality of the looks were great too, and and that wasn't the case earlier in the year against Cincinnati and a loss at home against Houston. They were having a hard time generating good looks down the stretch, and you love too that it was two of your best players making the plays: Jackson Robinson nailing three pointers, Dallin Hall off the dribble breaking down Hunter Dickinson drilling a three in his face. Like those are big confidence builders for guys that have to 
make those plays at the end of games. You need guys in in specific roles late in games that you can trust to make a play. And to see Dallin Hall and Jackson Robinson do that on the road in one of the best venues in college basketball, that to me signaled that this team is still improving and learning. And that was the one area where I had a real concern going into the tournament was late in game. Where do they go and who's going to make the plays? We finally saw that in a big win against Kansas, one of the biggest wins in program program history. And now there's a real opportunity with two of your last three games at home. If you beat TCU, look, TCU's gathering votes. Like they're a good experienced yeah. team. It's going to be hard. But if you can win your home games, you've got a real shot at a five seed which would be big for this team. So that, that was a, a sweet win, but I loved in particular that it was late game execution that got them the win. What's the, uh, I mean, how do they avoid the letdown from uh, the insane emotion from Lawrence on, on, uh, on Tuesday night versus a Saturday game against, uh, against TCU who comes to the Marriott Center and they're just like, yeah, we hope you guys are still thinking about that game. I think you you nailed it, Alex. It's the Merritt Center. I, I think if if they go on the road, they probably lose because it's it's hard to to generate that energy all the time. But you come back to the Merritt Center. The Merritt Center has been, if not the best venue in the Big Twelve this year. I mean, it has been elite. The home court advantage down in Provo. It's it's right up there in the top three. Being back at home is such a huge boost for them that I think should help them eliminate or maybe not eliminate, but avoid the hangover because it's hard. And that question was asked to the players and Coach Pope and media availability this week, and he said, you know, it's it's a part of it, but we just got to stay focused one game at a time. But being at home is, is big because there's been games at home this year where they haven't played necessarily great. You know, Kansas State is one that comes to mind. UCF comes to mind, but the crowd was so great. It gave them such a boost at moments. I think that is a, a big deal tomorrow against TCU to avoid that hangover. Just to be back at home. It's a sellout. So I think BOU fans have, have re-engaged after that Kansas win. And I think it's going to be a, a lively venue, and that should help them avoid that hangover. A very, very, very good edition of Cougar Sports Saturday tomorrow because of the football and the basketball angles. Matt Biamonte, one of the hosts with Mitch Harper, of course, on KSL News Radio. Matt, we appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you again. Of course. Have a great weekend, you guys. There you go. Thanks, Matt. Matt Monte. Avoiding the hangover in Provo, something they're very good at. Your home for the best coverage of the Jazz, Utes, and Cougars is right here on The Zone. This is JJ and Alex. Presented by G2G Bars on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back. 97.5 BKSL Sports Zone. We are at the Mountain America Expo Center. JJ, what city is this in? This is uh, so, uh, Sandy. That was a trick question. Mountain America Expo Center, Sandy. Well, that's why I knew. <laughs> but I don't want to step on your toes no, because no. nobody does it better than you. Sandy. <laughs> Sandy. Uh, that's a real uh, humdinger here. That's a... Sounds like an old-school uh, baseball play-by-play guy from the 20s. Uh, Hank Azaria does that. Uh, yeah, that show's great. I we can't, we're not even allowed to talk about that show on KS. On it's definitely KSL Sports, so. very 
It's very much a... People uh, that have seen the show know what we're talking about right yes, now. Yes, absolutely. It's great. Hank Azaria is hilarious. One of the best voices yes. in the history of voicing over. Take a jazz flag, too. We got jazz flags over here. That's the one you wave around at the gate. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Absolutely. Put it on a wall. There we you go. Gotta, we got a... Uh, JJ, we just uh, earned a fan for life. Good. Okay? Good. I need... I could. I, that's why? one. I've got one. You know what JJ does really great here? Hand out candy to give kids. away stuff that doesn't belong <laughs> to me. Give away stuff. Be like, you know what? You can have that. <laughs> you can have that. I made that chapstick. I'm going to have to have a meeting on uh, Monday oh, at 11 a.m. Yeah. with someone in HR. Absolutely. Uh, okay. You yeah, absolutely yes. Totally. Yep. Take it. Absolutely. Oh, he's a chap. <laughs> no one's been described as a chapstick nut. That's ever a new thing until right now. Okay. My son's a chapstick. Nut. They might want to talk to somebody. They, no, about it's that. not. It's not like this. Uh, sorry, can we get a quick autograph? JJ, my kid loves KSL Sports Live. <laughs> yeah, right. Can I get a free chapstick? He's a he's a my he's three a, year old loves KSL Sports Live. He's a chapstick nut. Uh huh. All right. Uh, by the way, next uh, week on the KSL Sports Zone, there is a win ticket Wednesday. Of course, we do that every Wednesday. Win ticket Wednesday is going to. Uh, B, when we get, here's where we get to roll it out on Fridays. Here's the actual tickets you can win. Dan and Shay at Utah First Credit Union Amphitheater, September 20th of this year. Dan and Shay. Uh, my wife's into Dan and Shay. Likes the, uh, that's how I know it's They're, not Dan yeah, it's, plus Shay. Because I think it's like, it feels like a peg plus cat situation. Yeah. Dan and Shay. Yeah, but with a plus sign. That's what it is. All right. Dan and Shay giving away those tickets on Wednesday. And uh, also, we've got Real Salt Lake tickets to give away in about 20 minutes. So don't miss it. We're going to give those away as well. I think for tomorrow's match, right, Jeremy? Is that what's going on? Yes. Wow. So tomorrow's match, we're going to give away some tickets. You might as well. Uh, I mean, look, first home match of the season. See what I did there? Home match. I like that. On the pitch? If you're cl- yeah. If you're, lucky, first field. if you're lucky, I'll call it pitch. All right. They're going to be wearing their kits <laughs> on the pitch. <laughs> they got their football For boots. For their match. They got their football boots. It's not even It's not even cleats. They're boots. You got right. them all right. Checked all the boxes. All right. You are officially a soccer aficionado. Yes, I am. So, bracketology. Let's give you a little bit of an update. Because, and by the way, we would never mention any of this if you didn't have teams that were firmly planted in the middle of the discussion of teams that could make a difference in March Madness. By the way, Utah State and BYU both are teams that if you have experts talking about it, they're like, watch out. Yeah. Utah State knows how to win close games. BYU can shoot the absolute lights out. And that is a that comes at a premium in the tournament. Yep. And they've also shown that they can beat teams that are favored. In these they beat the number seven team in the country in one of the toughest places to play in the country, and and they and they and they could do that again in the yeah. tournament. There's no doubt about Four it. Four top twenty-five wins for BYU this year. Impressive. Uh, what has that gotten them? It's in the firmly in the conversation of they are currently sitting as the first of four six seeds. Mm. But in, they, bracket, in, ba- in bracket in bracket in bracket matrix. matrix. So what they bra- okay. what, if you're not familiar with bracket matrix, they take. Not you, not you, JJ. I'm, I'm I wish I was smart <laughs> enough to do that. Uh, there are 115 brackets. I think they go over, you know, all the big ones, and then all the way down to even small regional ones. Which those, by the way, are some that get it totally right, right. compared to even some of the big dogs. So BYU's average uh, seed in in bracket matrix across the 109 brackets is 5.81. 
which is the first time that they've cracked that five point something on bracket matrix all season long, which means that at the very least, everybody has them at about a six seed. Yeah, and Joey Brackets. You have, a, you have a, a handful that have him at four. I'm a Leonardi guy. I love Joey Brackets. Yeah, yeah. I think he's most accurate, obviously, with ESPN. And he's got BYU moving up. He's got him a five seed in the Salt Lake oh, please. Regional. Please, please, please. In the same line as San Diego State, it would be a four seed. How much so, fun would that be with the history between those two schools playing for a spot in the Sweet 16? Okay, listen. At Delta Center. Kids, kids who love college sports and love watching games. I was trying to explain to my son the other day, like, hey, buddy, I think you should go to some – like, you're, you're at a formidable age. That, 15, that 13 to 15-year-old age is like – you'll remember going to some NCAA tournament games in Salt Lake City. So even if BYU's there or not, or Utah State's there or not, I'm going to say go to those games in, uh, at Delta Center. Go to the games. NCAA tournament games are not something that comes around – uh, all the time. We're lucky enough to be in a market that gets games quite often, right? And yeah, so that's we uh, we're on that rotation. Every three or four years, it seems. And, and periodically we get the, you know, the, the regional championship is here. So you'll have, you know, teams that are this year fighting to get, like you said, into the Sweet 16. So a couple first-round games, or first and second-round games. And then every so often you get the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight games. And that when that happened, uh, when was the last time we had that? That was that Butler. Yeah, Gordon Hayward. That was the that was the Butler. That's when we had the regional. Gonzaga. Uh, Gordon Hayward. It would, the funny thing is, Gordon would become drafted by the Jazz. But the, that year previous in March Madness, uh, I think they had to go through uh, Kansas State in a classic. Right. If you remember? Yeah. That Kansas State team was really good. That Kansas State team beat Xavier in another thriller. One of the best regionals that's ever been through here. It was just unbelievable to play, but. Yeah, we, exp- we experienced that moment, and it's pretty cool to see somebody cut down the nets. So this is when I'm telling my kids, look, let's try to get to these games, all right? You guys try to go over to them. Plus, just, like, wandering around, getting a ticket to uh, those games and just kind of hanging around, like, that is, that is so fun to be in that atmosphere and to see people coming from all over the country to watch their team in the NCAA tournament. So BYU's a 5.81 average across there. Utah State, a 6.57 average across bracket matrix i mean byu is in the hardest conference by far right yep they get a lot of attention utah state doesn't get the attention from the national guys as much but this to me the people who are in the know this to me they're the highest ranked seven seed in in this in the latest of bracketology right in the latest uh bracket matrix they're as high as five seeds on some of these. Yeah, I I even think that yeah, this is CBS has them as a five seed. So one of the big ones has them as a five seed. And again, you've got BYU as a six seed, Utah State as a seven seed. Utah right now has had a good stretch of the last two out of three games. By the way, beating UCLA by double digits on the road, I did not see that coming considering how bad. Utah has been. So they yeah, they won at the buzzer at UCLA. Remember? Oh, so, yes, they that's beat right. UCLA by forty at home. That's that's what it was. That's yes. what it was. So yeah. they so they end up being one of these teams that can't win on the road, but they do it at a really really important spot of the season. Craig Smith brought that up. Uh, I was actually listening to the, to some of his post game comments. He's like, we've been trying to like we've been trying to dial in the reason that people were talking about us in the first place, right? Like, yeah. there's a reason why we were in the conversation for a long long time and still are kind of on the fringe of that conversation. 
Uh, but they got to do a lot of work to still get back in again uh, to that conversation as being a a, uh, a, a team that's going to get in the NCAA tournament. I would imagine that right now it's a little bit much, but they're still hanging around. Like They're on 16 of the 108 bracket or 109 brackets. They are an average of an 11.06 seed. So they would be kind of in that play-in uh, type area. Yeah, we'll have to see what their uh, seeding is in the Pac-12 tournament because what I think Utah needs is they need to go on a very deep run in the Pac-12 tournament, and they got to beat Arizona. They came so very close at home, had them in overtime, and, and let that one go. They need a quality win that pushes them over the top because you're looking at the bubble right now, and they're right on it, but they're on the, other, they're on the wrong side. And it's really hard to get quality wins right now because the Pac-12 just doesn't have any outside of Arizona and Washington State. So they need to beat Washington State and or Arizona in that Big 12 tournament and make a deep run in order to get that push over the top. But you know that team's capable. Obviously, they've been bit by the injuries. I just don't think they have enough depth. Depth has been a problem for them all season. Davon Smith has been a revelation for them. Another triple-double in the win over Stanford yesterday. Utes got Cal on, on Sunday. I, I don't know, though. I think that they really have to have something like that happen, that scenario play out, or they're going to be on the outside looking in no matter what happens. Uh, speaking of uh, local teams, of course, uh, I'm, I, I mean, obviously your conversation with Dylan Jones uh, last week, like that has sort of brought, brought a lot of focus to a lot of folks to see how good of a player he is. What was his stat line against Montana or against Northern Colorado the other night? This is insane. This was last, last night, night in a come-from-behind win in uh, overtime over northern Colorado. A nice win for them in Big Sky play. His line, 30 points, 23 rebounds, 9 assists, 3 steals. And that's on a night where he shot 1 of 9 from 3. So the bracketologists have, those are crazy numbers, by Insane. the way. Insane. Who had 23 rebound or who had 23 uh, assists? Was it... Uh, who stared down – oh, it was uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Yes. He stared down Wally Zerbiak. That's, yeah. When he went to – like a couple of weeks ago, he had yeah, 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that number 23 uh, for the rebounds for, for uh, Dylan Jones stood out because the 23 assists that uh, that Halliburton had that yeah. night where he stared down Wally Zerbiak. I'm going, oh, my goodness. By the way, Weber State, the second most uh, in terms of respect from the bracketologists behind Eastern Washington out of the big sky – I think people, you just kind of go, look, Eastern Washington is your odds-on favorite to win right now. Like, yeah. if you're just talking odds, right? Sure. Yeah. But crazy things can happen. And it's not like Eastern Washington is, is, has been this unbelievably unbeatable team. They are a very good basketball team. But you've sort of sold me on what Dylan Jones can do as a, as a guy who can score at that rate. And superstars in the NCAA tournament is always a good thing. Superstars in a Big Sky Conference tournament, yes, like they will absolutely be the difference maker of you beating everybody. It's always in the Big Sky going to come down to starch, madness, and Boise. <laughs> oh, gosh, give me if you all you you need three wins in Boise. Give me Dylan Jones and Weber State. I, th- I, I think the best player is going to separate. And let me throw out this stat. This shows you just how incredible Dylan Jones' game last night was. This is from OptiStats. NBA or Division I players with 30-plus points, 20-plus rebounds, and 8-plus assists in a game in the last five seasons. Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic, Giannis, LeBron James, and Dylan Jones. Oh, not a bad uh, group to be a part of. That is good company. All right. Uh, Here's what we have. We got to take a break. When we come back, we've got more to cover. 
Hey, we've got some. Uh, we've got an MLB update. Should we? A little MLB update? Are we getting everybody excited let's about that? Let's do it. Let's pump up people even more. Let's go. there's good news on that front. There is good news. I was, I, you know what? It's been all good news, really, over the past couple of months. There it's hasn't been, been one setback with this stuff. Phenomenal. It's all coming together. Phenomenal. All right, we'll take the break here. We'll come back. We've got more to go right here from Slorex, S-L-O-R-E-X.com, to get your tickets to the Off-Road and Outdoor Expo here at uh, the Mountain America Expo Center here in Sandy. We're going to take the break. We'll come back. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. When TV and radio collide, love it. This is what you get. You're listening to JJ and Alex, presented by G2G Bars. Don't touch that dial. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. All right, everybody, welcome back. It is 97.5 EKSL Sports Zone. Alex Curie, Jeremiah Jensen, JJ and Alex right here on a Friday here with you. We are out and about at the Mountain America Expo Center here in Sandy. To, I would say normally when we have these, uh, when we have all of these different, we go to the boat show, we go to the RV show, and they'll have those Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The Salt Lake Outdoor and Off-Road Expo is a today and tomorrow situation only. So if you want to come down and obsess over but I would say, J.J., that the toys that are at this oh, man. are cooler than any other show that you can have here at the Expo Center. The amount of cool – this is when the kids get excited. This is when they walk this, around with their eyes big, right? This brings the kid out of me. Oh, yeah. Because, like, I would have loved to have had toys that look like this. And now I'm looking at these things. These are real vehicles. Like, the side-by-side uh, side side is, at, what, $95,000 side-by-side? Yeah, yeah. Are you kidding me? You could buy two Jeeps with that, by the way. It looks incredible. It's wild. I mean, I'm, it, yeah. Some of the funnest I want guys, that. Some of the funnest guys to talk to at these expo are that, like I said, the uh, the recovery guys yeah. who come in and they're like, "You're stuck because you suck, and we're going to help you out." <laughs> <laughs> but then they'll even say, "Even the best of us get stuck." We got to get. My favorite is when the recovery guys have to get recovered by their friends. Yeah. While they were recovering somebody else, I would That's totally destroy that ninety-five thousand dollars <laughs> side by side. No JJ, what's it. an update on the Major League Baseball situation here in the state of Utah? Well, they got a big endorsement. That's one. I think we all understand that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has a big impact in the state, and they're one hundred percent in support of the NHL to Utah Stadium proposal. And by the way, that stadium proposal has passed in the. Uh, in the legislature, yeah, going to so, uh, going to going to Governor Cox. What's desk. stopping it now, Alex? Yeah. It's Does not stopping. Mean, the momentum I, continues. Can I ask you this? Yes. Does this mean I get an endorsement to go to baseball games on Sunday? One hundred percent. Okay, got yep. it. You heard it here first. Yep. President Nelson's <laughs> giving you a, a hall pass. When listen, if you would have said twenty years ago, yeah, we'll probably get a, you'll probably get a, a, a memo. From the PR department from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints saying that they endorse a baseball team coming here to the state of Utah. <laughs> Mark it down on the bingo card. There you go. I, I did not have that one. Did not see that coming. No. But there you go. Uh, so it's on. It's going to be on the governor's desk. And then, uh, like we were saying, if you're mad about it, though, I mean, it's not going to be five minutes away from your house, as it was kind of initially thought oh, yeah. But I still think you're probably – I mean, you're still better off than not having the prison. Doesn't there, it right? make a lot of sense? Yeah, of course. Right there in downtown. Of course. And – if, you, if it's Ryan Smith's going to be the owner, which is obvious, then to uh, combine the Jazz and the new NHL team in the same building and uh, make it a big, huge center for everybody to come downtown, revitalize downtown, make downtown a hot spot again, 
And uh, I think it makes sense. If you're going to do this, do it there. You know what's coming. Your daily deep dive into everything Utah Jazz. It's time! All season long and even in the offseason, it's Jazz Daily with JJ and Alex on your exclusive home of Utah Jazz basketball. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna dunk it! Still working the dribble on the near side. Can't get it to Clarkson. Now he does. There's only 10 on the shot clock. Clarkson dribbles off his leg and turns it over. And Wagner goes the other way to dunk it. And this one is over. Sense a little frustration in that voice. Hey, Jeremy. That's the clip you went with, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, I don't blame you. I mean, that is kind of a critical moment in the game, right? I mean, that's how everybody felt. Yeah. Look, Jazz Magic. I think because, J.J., every game now, we're kind of talking about how the Jazz are going to be behind the eight ball the rest of the season to an extent. So expectations have shifted even just in the last couple of weeks, certainly since the trade deadline. And here we are now. The Jazz have lost uh, ooh, seven out of their last eight. Yeah. And have fallen off considerably and have uh, now hit the – are they in the 12th spot in the West now? They're still – Oh, they wish. <laughs> <laughs> Did the, I say that out loud? They're still in the 11th spot, but they are <laughs> – But they're four, and a half, they're four and a half games – out of it from the uh, – did I say that? Yeah, five games. So, excuse me, five games five games off of the – The Rockets just won't win games. Come on, Rockets. Help the Jazz out here. They're trying to con- They're trying to avoid the convey. Hey, they're only one – avoid the convey. Worst, uh, that's, t- that's, worst T-shirt that's ever. That's the theme of the year. <laughs> worst I'm going to get my ever. T-shirt. Avoid uh, the convey. <laughs> so, they're one and a half off of that 11th spot. Now the ninth and five back of uh, the Warriors. Warriors now. The playing is not even what. Come on, it's not going to happen. Not even what. They're not even trying. Come on, they were too. Those kids working their tails off out there. Uh, hey, Taylor Hendricks went back to his went back to his college town last night. It was actually kind of cool in the post game when he was look. They didn't win, but you could hear the smile on his face. I mean, he was like, uh, "Listen, I." He's like, two years ago, I was in Markel Fultz's suite with his agent because we have the same agent. <laughs> He's like, I was in the suite. That's cool. In Markel Fultz's suite, and now I get to play here against him, right? And so that's a, uh, that's a cool thing. But the Jazz fall, seven out of eight, they've lost. The Magic are not a bad basketball team. But uh, takeaways from last night's game, it was not – first of all, it was a really short bench, right? I mean, you only – how many guys did they end up playing? They only played, uh, they only played nine guys total last night. And we were talking about how the eight the eight guy rotation might be kind of where they go the rest yeah. of the season. But man, you, you you had 14 minutes for Bryce Sensabaugh, uh, Lucas Samen, uh, Shamanich. Shamanich is uh, getting in for 11, for 12 minutes is not your favorite thing as a fan to hear, but that's where you're at here. Yeah. Keontae George, though, another bright spot for the young kid, 19 points and nine assists. I think the nine assist number is what I really love, too. Yeah. He's facilitating, and he's actually making some plays. So if there's something to look, if there's something that I liked from last night, it was uh, that Taylor Hendricks 
was feeling it a little bit. I like to see. I mean, he's, he's, he's coming up close on those double-doubles, and I think that's what you, you're going to want to do is be that guy. That's how you show that you're, that, that you're buying into the Will Hardy system is going out and not just trying to score, obviously, but because his when you're a rookie, scoring is hard in the NBA. No doubt. But you can go in and you can get rebounds. You can go in and you can be – you can out-athlete guys under the hoop and you can be a little bit more aggressive. You certainly are going to have more energy maybe to some of those guys. So a 10-7 and seven night for him. Overall, though, the Jazz uh, – if you're Larry Markkinen, you just must be really frustrated right now with your guys and not with them in particular, but just the situation you're in because now you're two years into being at this place. And last year, at least, you were an all-star. This year, you can't say that, and your team is in a worse spot than they were last season. Well, how about Jordan Clarkson, who's, you know, kind of in the same boat. These are veteran players. Clarkson, obviously, a little more veteran than Lowry, yes. but still. Bad night for Jordan. These are guys JC, that yeah. want to compete and win and, you know, play in the playoffs and all those things. They have goals they want to achieve. And, you know, you have to question, do their goals match with where the Jazz goals are right now, realistically? Uh, that's tough. That's tough for them. And this is where you really test whether a guy is a true pro or not this is where you require professionalism because this is when it's hard it's hard for Lowry Markkinen and I'm sure that some of this is wearing on him which might explain the dip in his numbers uh six of 15 four of seven was nice but the six of 15 uh you want a little bit better production out of him your best player 18 points but we all know what this is about I'm not going to come here on the radio and 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 try to gloss over that and we, we know what's going on here. I mean, you're playing Bryce Sensabaugh 14 minutes when he never played at all before the trade deadline. Uh, you're, you're trying to get Keontae George all this experience. Taylor Hendricks played 27 minutes last night as a starter. 10 points, 7 rebounds. But I really want to focus on Keontae George because I do, like you, I think that was really positive last night. You know, he didn't play well against the Hawks. Nobody did. No. But uh, it was nice to see him bounce back in a way, 19 points. Nine assists, but the the number that stood out to me as you were talking, I'm looking at his assist numbers. But I look a little farther over on the uh, on the stat sheet. Two turnovers. So your assist to turnover ratio nine to two. That's over four to one. That is pretty darn good, and that's what you need out of a young point guard. Is once they can can become efficient, and they can play make and also not turn the ball over then you got something and that can really help accelerate uh his his development and his success and your team's success but yeah alex we know we know where this is at we know what's going on here um you know how hard are they trying to win these games i mean the players are playing hard that's not what we're questioning or talking about i keep explaining this the losses are baked in because of who's in your rotation the lack of experience and in the nba everybody's good so three or four plays in a game where experience matters, that's going to be the difference. And that was last night. The, the Jazz played well. I thought it was really nice how they bounced back after stinking up the joint in Atlanta. <laughs> they played really good against the Magic. It just wasn't enough. Why? Because they just don't have enough horses right yeah, now. Yeah, the Magic are a better team, too. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Yeah. And, and they're in their building. Bottom line, that's it. That's how it goes in the NBA. If if you make three or four more mistakes than the other team in their building, you're going to lose. So you're talking about, you know, hey, this is your lineup. This is what you're getting. It's a little bit – it's it's difficult because 
this is who you're playing. That's why you're going to get the losses yeah. that you are. But you're also trying to do something. You're not you're not uh, you know submarining your team's uh, you know chances because you're punishing them. <laughs> you're you're trying to do something here, and it's a tough thing for them to understand. But also Bryce Sensabaugh, who's now in the last four games has averaged about 15 minutes a game and about three and a half points a game. What's Bryce Sensabaugh? That's a guy who we've been waiting to kind of get totally healthy, yeah. you know, all season and and I, and and facilitating his minutes, of course, because they've gotten to the point that they are, uh, you know, trying to get to those those L's more than they are the W's. Then. What do you now – what can you expect out of a guy like Bryce Sensabaugh? Like, what are they – what's best-case scenario for Bryce Sensabaugh Danny, for Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck? Well, if you're looking at what Bryce Sensabaugh did well before he got to the Utah Jazz, before the NBA, the dude can shoot. He's a scorer. He can fill it up. He's a guy you want to get the ball in his hands and let him go get you a bucket. And so what I want to see him do is get comfortable doing that in the NBA. Uh, last night – Two points, 0 for 2 from the field, just two shots from a guy whose game is getting shots. I mean, I want to see more from him. I want to see him get more looks. I want to see him be more productive. And I, I understand he's only been playing, what, like, you know, six, seven games at this point in the NBA now. This is a lot to ask somebody who was taken middle of the late of the first round. Right. But uh, this is what he does. This is what his value is. Let's see him do that. Let's see him get the ball more. Let's see him get more looks. Let's see him build that confidence and show the Jazz and show the NBA that he can score at this level and do so consistently. Uh, he's going to have a chance to start to prove that. Now, do you expect him to do that every night as a rookie right now? In this situation, of course you do not. But you need to see signs. Just like we see moments with Taylor Hendricks, moments with Keontae George, you want to see enough moments with Sensabaugh for the Jazz to believe that he's someone they want to invest in long term. Because, look, the Jazz are going to get, possibly, if they don't convey. Oh, boy. Three, two first-round picks, and a high second-round pick who would likely be on the roster next year. So you're going to add three more young players to your roster next year with the three you just took? You're not trying to get younger. What you're trying to do is acquire more assets. And so somebody like Bryce Sensabaugh, if it's like, you know what, I'm not seeing it, he could get moved because the Jazz would have that luxury. So it's important for these young guys to show that they belong. The Jazz... I don't think they're I, – I think you think, oh, a rookie coming in the league, is they're going to have a lot of patience for them. Right. I, I don't think I believe that. I think they need to see a certain level of production and a certain amount of uh, ability at the NBA level from them quickly in order to say, okay, we want you to be a part of our future. Right. And we, that will impact our draft decisions coming up in June or our off-season plans, or you show enough in this stretch. If you're, the, if you're Jazz front office, you know, Taylor Hendricks, Bryce Sensabaugh show enough, and it's like, okay, we've got our eye on this veteran player. This team is starting to tear it down. Okay, they're not, they, they realize their championship window is no longer. They're going to start tearing it down. There's a veteran player that we think can make a difference. They go to that team and say, hey, did you like Bryce Sensabaugh? Did you like what you saw from Taylor Hendricks? We have these first-round picks, and we got him. What do you think? This is how the process occurs. Right. So both sides here want to see some production, something to get excited about. So if a guy like uh, – I, I mean, in the end, when you see kind of the guys that they're rotating in, 
and the guys, uh, you know, how many minutes? You're, you're almost seeing a prescribed amount of minutes, right, for, for all these yes. guys. Uh, but the prescribed amount of minutes for guys like Jordan Clarkson and, and Larry Markinen are, are almost always going to be in that 35-plus category. And and what what ends up being the end game for a guy like Jordan Clarkson? Because I know that everybody knows, it, it, you know, and, and we've talked about this a lot, how July ends up being a little bit more exciting, or at least the summer ends up being more exciting. Uh, you know, free agency becomes where the Jazz, that's one of the two places, because it's not going to, or, or not free agency, but like, you know, the trades that are available there, right? Yes. Because nobody goes, hey, I want to get to Utah. You know that's my number one destination. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, they figure out while they're here, like, oh, this is an organization that's committed to, to, to getting some W's long term. Uh, but the trades and the draft, okay, those two things, as we're approaching those, what's the, what's the idea? Who are the guys who are right now? Untouchable when it comes to those, because trades obviously can happen around the around the draft as well, and the day of the draft, and while they're drafting. So, uh, what does it look like? I mean, last year we weren't expecting anything to happen. I, did the Jazz not have a pick last year, or was it? No, it was two years ago. Remember, they didn't yeah. have picks, and then oh, they, they ended had up three picks last year. But you're right. Yeah, they, they, Danny Ainge. I, I talked to Danny Ainge last last season, and. They, it, w- it was boring. Right. He d- it wasn't fun for him. No. He wants to have picks. He wants to be able to do things. And so they went out and changed that. And and it was much different this year and last year. So uh, it's a good question, Alex. What is going to be the goal for the offseason? I think it just depends on what opportunities present themselves. You mentioned Jordan Clarkson. Is he a part of the Jazz future or not? Uh, I think fans would love him to be. But do you want to ask Jordan Clarkson to do this again? No. And he'd probably even say, hey, if we're doing this again, could you maybe I'm figure out. something out with me? Like, please. And who would blame him? Not one person. Right. Okay, so if – now here, let me flip this here. So you've got Lowry as well who wants to win. These guys want to start winning games. So you, the Jazz could go either of two ways this, this summer, and I think it just depends on what the uh, opportunities present themselves. What if that veteran player that we didn't expect becomes available and they're able to make that move that's going to change the franchise? And they can pull it off and they can keep Jordan Clarkson and Lowry Markin in here because the team they're taking it from doesn't want the older players. They want the younger players in the picks, just like we saw with what the Jazz pulled off with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Then you keep Jordan Clarkson, and you obviously you invest in Lowry Markin in long term, and then you're off and running. Now, if you realize that that deal's not out there, it's not going to happen this offseason, we owe it to Jordan, and maybe you owe it to Lowry Markkinen. Maybe you owe it to him to kind of consider things because there's going to be a lot of teams that say, hey, Utah, what would it take? We'd love to trade for Lowry Markkinen, and we want to be that team that gives him right. that long-term extension. And if you're the Jazz and you're still three or four years away, maybe you have to say, okay, well, maybe we need to think about that, depending on what they're going to throw in there. Hypotheticals, all hypotheticals I just said. These are the options the Jazz are going to have this summer. And because of all the picks and all of the things that they've acquired and the players they have on the roster, they're going to have a lot of options. Whether they, whether they have the opportunities to use those options or not, we will have to wait and see. But whatever that option is or whatever presents itself will determine the future direction that they take in the offseason. Man, I'm just uh, looking at a tweet that you just sent me. <laughs> That's depressing. Although it's kind of nice. Let me explain it. Uh, because this happens periodically in the in the game of golf. Yeah, remember when was it Tiger that carded the? Did he? Did he? 
Did he have a 12 on a hole? It was at the Masters, wasn't it? He just he kept shooting over and over he the bunker. He had a moment. It was I like can't a 10 or a 12. It was. Yeah. it was something bad like that. And you're kind of like, oof. Yeah, but then you go, he's one of us, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> not <he's> really. Not. <laughs> but we'll always. The lies we tell Right, ourselves. but we'll always do that, right? We go, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. But you just sent me a tweet. I don't know who this golfer is. I don't either. But he's on the Corn Ferry Tour. Yes. And he's six or seven putted, six putted from about four feet out. It looked like if you're having a bad day, I want you to think about that. It looked like your brother-in-law at the putt-putt golf. He six-putted on a Friday night from about four and a half feet out. So if you're feeling bad about yourself on a Friday, if you're feeling bad about your golf game or your handicap, I want you to think about six-putting from four feet. All right? All the latest news and notes from the league and the locals in the NFL. JJ and Alex bring you the NFL Blitz Ah! on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Oh, look who saved the day right now. Matt Matt rolling up. Thank you. Did you did you read his mind that he wanted a Diet Coke? He knew it. Is it that obvious? Yeah, look at him. I got the. Uh, it's that obvious. I'm a Diet Coke drink. I got the Red Bull. As an F1 fan, uh, I'm lamenting the fact that that Red Bull is probably going to win every race again this year. Yeah. It Starts up this weekend, by the way. We there have you our, go. We have an F1 podcast. We do at KSL Sports. We uh, did it this week, and we're back in the swing of things. Uh, myself and uh, Dan Jimenez. the uh, president of Chatbooks. He and I do a F1 podcast, if you can believe it. Because Shameless you, plug. Because you know what I needed in my life? What? And my wife is very much a fan, too. Hey, you know what we need from you? Another sport that you're interested <laughs> in. And I'm all, Did not oh, no. see that coming, did she? Oh, I'll do that podcast for free, sure. Uh, now, the good news is also for her is that they are usually weird times, but she's not awake. So there those, you go. those 4 a.m. starts? <laughs> yeah. I'm not waking up for those, but I still get up early and watch it. Uh, by the way, we're giving away tickets right now. Caller number 12 to 801-575-ZONE gets a – is it just a pair of tickets? Not that that's a bad thing, but a pair of tickets to Real Salt Lake tomorrow. First home match of the season, you can catch Real, uh, and we are going to give you those tickets. You can also hear it, of course, right on our station. Uh, and I think tomorrow – yeah, I think you're going to be able to hear most of the whole thing on on uh, on the KSL Sports Zone. You might get a little bit of post game interrupted by the Jazz because they're playing tomorrow. That's right. But uh, first match of the season, first home match of the season, I should say, after their two nil loss to uh, Miami, of course, that started off everything. Uh, they come home, and you're going to be able to see Real first home match of the season. Eight zero one five seven five zone. That's eight zero one. 575 zone. You get a pair of tickets to see Real tomorrow. Oh, what's the weather going to be like, though? Uh, now, the good thing about soccer is they don't they don't, uh, they don't don't cancel. Rain, sleet, or snow. You just Soccer's like football. They'll play. But uh, bundle up, everybody. Oh, new, it's a new, new kickoff? kickoff will help a little bit. We'll see if the rain stays away by 2 p.m. when they, when they end the, the you're match. Being, you're being generous. You're being generous. Hey, you know I what? I mean, I'm not weather guy, but it doesn't look good. Hey, the riot's going to show up, okay? Always does. So let's go. All right. 801-575-ZONE. You get a pair of tickets to the to the, the Real match tomorrow. Okay. NFL Blitz. Right off the bat, this is something we may mention at the beginning of, uh, of the show, but we didn't really get to it. 
and I wanted to make sure that we got to it because I don't know. Now, hold on a minute. Who's this? Uh, what's his name now? Dude, I'm already forgetting it. Tyler Owens. Tyler Owens. Texas Tech. Texas Tech product. And one of the guys who likely is going to, if not has already, he's supposed to be a sub-4-3 guy. And that'll get you on a team. <clears throat> Ask Javelin, uh, Javelin Gidry if you're fast. Yes. You can, you will, a team will give you a shot or two or three. And so he's a defensive back, plays for Texas Tech, is at the Combine. During the interviews at the Combine, because, you know, that's part of the whole thing. You know, GM's got to get to know you. And the media wants to get to know you. He was asked about some of his beliefs that had apparently come out earlier in the day because he was talking about his thoughts on flat earth, which he was like, hey, there's some validity to that. And everyone went, huh? Oh, <laughs> Excuse no. you? And that's At when, the combine? Know, that's when everybody scoots forward and goes, no. Could you elaborate on that? I know we were working on some of the audio. It was a pretty bad it was kind of bad audio. Jeremy, are we going to try to give it a shot? I don't know how excited we are about it. Such a, it's such bad audio, but let me just give you, you got the quote. We got the quote. JJ, I brought this up to you, and I said, dude, this cat, Tyler Owens, is making a name for himself for all the wrong reasons at the Combine. And he said, quote, I don't believe in space. Huh? So flat Earth is not even – flat Earth is like a little further down the line than this. I don't believe in space. And everyone said, so how did you get to that point? Well, I did a little bit of investigating on my own. I don't believe in space. I'm real religious. So I think we're alone right now. I don't think there are other planets or anything like that. No space, no planets, and flat earthers might have a point. Tyler Owens might be in the NFL next year. Now, <laughs> you and I both talked about this, and I go, he better run a, he better run a sub 4-3 because – there's not an organization out there who's going to be like, let's take a flyer on this guy who's okay. You better be elite speed. And, J.J., you just told me, at least at the broad jump, didn't he beat everybody? Uh, for I have good news and bad news for Tyler Owens today. Uh, 12 feet 2 inches on the broad jump. Yeah. It's the second best broad jump in combine history. Bad news, he ran the 40, pulled up lame in the middle of the field. Oh! We did not get a time on yeah. Tyler Owens. Uh, it must have been the interplanetary pull. <laughs> it's that darn gravity. The, the gravitational pull <laughs> Gravity's impacted not real. by the moon that's not real. <laughs> uh, He's, they're all, have you ever been to the beach? Yeah. You ever seen the waves? Yeah. yeah I think there's space. I think there's, uh, I think there's a moon. Um, he said, I think we're alone right now. What is he looking at, though, when he looks up in the sky at night and sees the moon? What about, look, I told you before, one of the best things I ever did in terms of my education, was I took an astronomy class up in Washington, all right? Astronomy kicked my butt grade-wise, but I learned a lot. One was that space is real. Now, yes. Now, you might As be- if you hadn't looked up in the sky <laughs> and noticed that before. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what he thinks is what he thinks space is. I'm sure exactly I'm going to get a, something on Twitter that says, hey, you guys are being ignorant. You guys really need to do your research. Yeah, okay. I'll look into it. You guys haven't done your research. I think you brought it up, too. You I know. have, and you, you guys need the, to do your research. <laughs> the Internet has given us all of the information we could ever handle. But part of the, the pendulum swinging the other direction is is it gives us all the information. Yeah. <laughs> Even the stuff that is <laughs> – oh, reality? Analytics. What was it? The analytics. Oh, yeah, yeah. Patrick Waugh. Patrick, don't call me Roy, Waugh. 
with we don't like analytics when you're in the bottom of the league, and we like it when we're in the top of the league. Uh, I'm telling you. Even the analytics say that there's space and planets. I just want I want to have a T-shirt that says, I don't believe in space. Can you make that for me? That's Actually, incredible. Uh, print me a hoodie. Someone's on it already. I know. Someone's already doing it. Thank you, Tyler Owens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, Tyler Owens, uh, congratulations on your uh, thoughts on this. I do want to get to the combine again. Caleb Williams, who is the projected number one overall pick in this year's draft to go to the Bears, probably likely, is believed to be the first player ever to skip. Or no, is the first player at this combine or ever? Because there are some guys who can't. There are some guys who just don't do it uh, because they're not invited to the combine. There's some guys. Now, if a team is interested in you, the combine they don't just do medical evaluations, JJ. They absolutely, like, they dig into every little thing that could have ever been a part of your medical history because they are going to make millions of dollars of investment in you. And Caleb right. Williams has skipped medical evaluations at the Combine. I kind of don't care if you're the number one overall pick. You don't get to say I'm skipping the medical evaluations. Sure you? you do. But What, you think the Bears are going to be like, you know what? Caleb Williams, he's a generational talent, but he wouldn't do the medicals at the Combine, so we're going to pass. But, but hold on a minute. Because he's the first overall wouldn't pick. It, wouldn't an owner? If he was I a third-round pick, he wouldn't be able okay. to have this power. Wouldn't an owner go, hey, listen, I kind of want to get some physical going on here because, well, one, you're required. He's going to – if the team picks him, then they're going to have to do it anyway. He'll do them on team visits, he says. And I think there's only one team he's going to visit. Maybe two or three if his agent hears some things about uh, a team wanting to trade. Well, he did say they did say that they do actually, like, they have a general kind of exam that goes on, and then other teams can do kind of extra stuff. They'll bring, they'll bring, uh, uh, you know, their own medical team in and kind of look at uh, yeah. if you have extra questions. But I think we've all known there are people whose careers get sidelined before they even start when they find something wrong with them, and. You know, a team's making a few million dollars from investment. I think it's crazy. This just shows this is another thing that I just don't like about Caleb Williams. Like, just the thing where you go, no, I'm good. There, no one tell no, you. They go, no one's ever said no to the medical exams. He goes, yeah, yeah never met I me have. before, did you? <laughs> he has rubbed me wrong ever since Pac-12 Media Day two years ago. When him and uh, and his head coach come in, they're wearing, every, they're everybody wearing suits. wears polos. They're wearing suits. You're out in the sun. It's Southern California. It's July. Everyone's in their polos, and he comes in wearing his ten thousand dollars suit. That it, and that the, they got. And they walked a, in late, by the way, and they did it on purpose. Do you remember it? it and it was Gucci. Oh yeah. The whole thing was I got yeah. this Gucci suit. Yep. And uh, and you remember too? They had. And he so wouldn't. Do, he him. wouldn't do individual interviews. No, he, no, They no. made him do a big scrum. So stupid. Yeah, he's he's a he's a guy I wouldn't hang out with. And then the the the, the uh, when Utah beat them. Just not going out in the middle with all the other players and shaking hands and stuff. No, I, I get about it. it. Look, you, it's devastating. It was a big loss for you guys. It kind of ended all the dreams you had that season. But have some sportsmanship. Go out there and shake hands, and then go to the locker room and and deal with deal with the loss. I get it. It's hard. That's part of being a leader. Is he going to do that in the NFL? Like if if he's if he gets beat by Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, is he going to sit there on the sideline and whine? And then walk off the field and not go shake their hand, dude. This is the NFL. I kind of hope he does because everyone else is going to go. I think he's going to do hey, exactly buddy. what I just said. Hey, buddy, because he thinks he can do whatever he wants, whatever he wants to. You, are, he's going to come into the NFL 
He will be the 27th best quarterback in the league this year, right? Uh, I don't. There's no way he's just going to take off. I, I don't believe it. Uh, I don't believe it. I do not believe it. Uh, you know why? Half of the reason is going to be because he's going to go to the freaking Bears, man. That's not going to help. And, and so he's going to go out there, and we're going to do this whole, well, gee, shucks, it's his first year, and, you know, the Bears are kind of trying to figure some things out. All right, dude, I'm telling you, it's going to be bad news. Mark it down. Caleb Williams might not be a bust, but I do think that he is not going to be nearly the player that we have all uh, been told. Oh, it's a generational guy. Then do generational things at uh, at a school that you're at. Okay, do it at a place, a blue blood, a blue blood program. You're not like going in and winning the Heisman at a place that no one's ever heard of. You're going in and you were the odds-on favorite to win the Heisman, and you just showed up and won it. And you know what else you didn't do? You didn't win anything else. No conference championships, nothing of importance. You sat around like a baby. You know what? Mark it down. He's going to be the worst. He's going to be the worst uh, quarterback in the league this year uh, for efficiency numbers. Boom, got it. It also doesn't help that Chicago's where quarterbacks go to die. Yeah, either that or it's uh, New Jersey. I know. I can't oh, yeah. remember which. Uh, <laughs> both, both have a bad track record. Caleb Williams going to be like Caleb Williams is going to go in there. Go, or uh, Justin Fields is in there going, yeah, man. Oh, stinks to be you. So sorry. Just I'm over. <laughs> I'm over here. I'm over here enjoying this new. You know what? This new franchise that likes that that uh, that does that makes good decisions, man. Nobody Come was on. more happy about the Bears getting the number one overall pick this year than Justin Fields, because he's going to get his ticket out of town. They're going to trade him to an organization so that wants him. Oh yeah. And he's going to go thrive somewhere else. Okay. Mark it down. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, we've got tons to go around the corner, so stay with us. 97.5 BKSL Sports Zone. <laughs> Wrapping up the hour with our picks for the best and worst moments on today's show. As JJ and Alex want to hear your best and worst of the day. All right. Welcome back. 97.5 EKSL Sports Zone. We're here at the uh, Slorex. It's just uh, S-L-O-R-E-X. It's the Salt Lake Outdoor and Off-Road Expo right here at the Mountain America Expo Center here in Sandy. Again, if you're thinking to yourself, I'll just show up Sunday. This is a Friday and Saturday situation only, okay? And that's why you got to come down and check out the ridiculous toys that are here. Um, We're going to chat with one of our guests in just a moment here. But before we do... Some best and worst here. Let's go first over some uh, some best because we have some state champions to be crowned. Uh, now, of course, basketball is one of the funnest things. Like, I love football more than anything. And the state championships, of course, that you guys cover yeah. and, and are a huge part of is a huge deal. But I think going to a basketball game at a state championship, that's what I used to love when I was in high school. You go maybe take the day off. You know, and go and, and you go up to the, you know, for us it was the it was the Tacoma Dome. Go down and check yeah. out the the state championships down there because it was a full arena that was transformed into a basketball court, uh, and, and you know, fitting twenty thousand people in there to watch it. And that's what's going on up at the Huntsman Center for some of these bigger classifications. What do we have state championship wise here? All right, the five A state championship on the girls' side has been claimed, and once again, Bountiful repeats as champion. They defeat Wasatch sixty. I'm sorry, 62 to 35. Not close. Taylor Harvey, 24 points, 8 rebounds. Malika Satuala, 19 points, 8 rebounds. Taylor Harvey, 6 blocks, 4 steals as well. They've been dominant. 
they repeat as champions. Lone Peak, the Knights have won a third consecutive state title on the girls' side. The Knights take down Copper Hills 65-47, to and they were led by Shawnee Nordstrom, who had 16 points and four rebounds. Kennedy Wolston had 15 points, six rebounds. The uh, On the boys' side, the 5A state championship in progress right now. Late in the fourth quarter, Olympus now has an 11-point lead over Alta, the defending 5A champs, late in the fourth quarter. So the Titans are just a minute away wow. from a state championship taking down the defending 5A champs, the Alta Hawks, but Alta just hit a three. Ooh. They're trying to stay in a great game there at the Huntsman Center. Later tonight, Corner Canyon uh, will take on Lehigh for the 6A state championship. You can watch all these games streaming live on KSLSports.com. What? Corner Canyon and Lehigh are in a state championship against Shocking. one another? Your home for the best coverage of the Jazz, Utes, and Cougars is right here on The Zone. This is JJ and Alex, presented by G2G Bars on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. All right, everybody, welcome back. Final segment of the program. We've had a successful day here at Slorex. The Salt Lake Outdoor and Off-Road Expo. I switch them out. I say Off-Road and Outdoor Expo. And I'll say Off-Road, I'll say Outdoor and Off-Road Expo. It's all the same. Haven't told the wife and kids yet, but I'm going to sell our home so I can buy the uh, $95,000 side-by-side. You know what? You could probably have the kids sleep in the back. Yeah. Or, or oh, whatever. there's that box on top, though. I didn't really think that far ahead, Alex. There's that box on top. I was a little impulsive on my part. How old's your youngest? Seven. Boom, right in that box. Yep. He fits. Perfect. You throw a snack up there every once in a while? Yeah, and if they if they act up, get a little naughty, just kick them out. How about a yeah, $95,000 UTV? Could you imagine? No. I would like to be able to, but I can't. Yeah. You can't. You're not even allowed to imagine it. No, I'm not uh, even allowed to look at it. <laughs> so, interesting stretch here for the Jazz. You've got a, you've got one more on the road here before they come back home for a couple of games. Tomorrow against the Heat, then they come on Monday back home to play the Wizards. And at this point, J.J., I would say, oh, man, that Heat game is going to be kind of tough. Might be a tough one to win. Oh, but they come back and they play the Wizards. They'll win that one. <laughs> there's no there's no game now. There's no, The yep. Bulls are going to be there on Wednesday as well. There's the no Wizards game. didn't win in the month of February. Right. There's no game where you should feel safe about, no, uh, about not, how things nope, are going. There so, is not any um, no safety. Now, so, so Jazz at the Heat tomorrow. It's going to be a 3 p.m. tip-off. You're going to hear that uh, pregame at 2 o'clock on 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Let's hear what Will Hardy had to say about this uh, Jazz team in the win. Or uh, the win. That's hilarious. <laughs> Not now. Uh, the uh, loss last night uh, against uh, against the Magic. Here's what he said about uh, late game situations, which is where uh, they lost it. And I felt like down the stretch there were obviously a couple of plays that just didn't go our way. I thought Keontae drove and maybe got fouled. They came down and Suggs ends up hitting a three on the underneath out of bounds. We go back the other way. Lowry gets a good look from three and misses. And this is the one possession of the game where I just feel like it shows an area of growth that we need to to reach, which is it's a four-point game, minute five left, and Bancaro gets the ball in the post, and we're disorganized. Banchero. Bancaro. Pretty good yeah. second-year player, man. He's really Jalen Suggs. Carroll's great. Jalen Suggs was hitting all the threes. Didn't see that coming. As a, <laughs> he's gotten as, better this year. As a 
guy who had to watch him a lot at Gonzaga. Yeah. Um, to see him starting to come around a little bit, you go, oh, yeah, he's a good player. You yeah. forget he's a, he's quite a good player. All right, Jazz tomorrow versus the Heat, and then they're back at home for a couple of, uh, next week at the beginning of the week. They're back on the road again. Uh, JJ, did you have fun at Slorex today, bro? I had a blast. I don't want to leave. All right. Uh, for Parker, who is hitting all the buttons here, and for J- uh, Jeremy, who's hitting the buttons back in Salt Lake, JJ over here, I'm Alex. We will uh, be back again for another edition of this program on Monday. We'll see you then, everybody.